0: Greetings listeners, you have found hope. This is the Bridge to Hope podcast, Finding Hope. I'm Coltra, and I'm here with Alyssa. Today we are going to talk about teen dating violence because February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month and this year's theme is Know Your Worth. Teen dating violence may be a difficult topic to discuss, especially if you have been through it yourself. Please stop listening when you need to and practice self-care. Urban Milwaukee
1: Press release stated one in five Wisconsin youth, which is about 174,000, experienced dating violence. Two in three Wisconsin youth who were in an abusive relationship never told anyone about the abuse. Abuse can happen to anyone, so it is really important to
0: be aware of it. So, Alyssa, if you were to describe to me what abuse is, what would you say?
1: Well, there's a lot of different forms of abuse. There is physical, emotional, verbal, or sexual. So most people think of physical when they think of abuse and which is the hitting, slapping, kicking. But there's also the emotional, which is put downs, embarrassing you in public, threatening suicide, accusing you of cheating and different things like that. And that can also happen over Social media and over texting and stuff like that. And then there's sexual, which is pressure or forcing you into anything sexual, restricting birth control or forcing you on it, or unwanted kissing and touching.
0: Okay, gotcha. So, what are some of the warning signs that we see with teen dating violence and unhealthy relationships? If your partner is constantly checking your cell phone or constantly putting you down,
1: They can be jealous and insecure, have an explosive temper, so one minute they're just like exploding at you and you're wondering what you did wrong, isolating you from others, mood swings, and different things like that. They could be just always checking on you and just constantly being at you and make sure to talk to them about it. It is important to have open communication in a relationship. So just make sure if you're feeling or seeing any of these things happening to just check in with them and just let them know that you're seeing it and hopefully you can get that figured out, but otherwise I would take a step back and reevaluate your relationship.
0: So there was something that you said there that made me think of like these really over the top, big reactions that we see in movies. And so, in reality, these over-the-top reactions aren't always good or healthy.
1: Yeah, not always. I get it that you can be super passionate about somebody, so you're just always checking their cell phone sometimes. Like those explosive
0: because, reactions.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's when it gets to the point where they're just always mad at you and just constantly wondering why are you hanging out with these friends or. Why are you wearing that? And it's like they shouldn't be controlling you. And controlling is a huge thing of abuse, so watch out for that. When it starts interrupting your life, that's when it gets out of hand.
0: So if I'm a teen and I'm just starting dating, why is it important for me to know about teen abuse and dating violence and these types of things? Culture. It is so important.
1: Two and three youth have never shared about the abuse, and no. this could be because they were scared. They didn't know what resources to turn to, and teenagers typically aren't willing to talk about things like this because they're just nervous and they they think that this is a normal relationship. And abuse can happen to those you care about. So, if you are a teen or of any age, and you see this happening to someone else, just kind of give them the heads up. Like, I see this in your relationship and maybe you
0: should look into it. So it's very important. As a family and youth advocate, you have a, you have an extra opportunity, um, connecting with youth about teen dating violence, but how are you able to help them become aware about dating abuse?
1: I have been presenting in to the schools like high schools and the middle school about healthy and unhealthy relationships. I discuss with the teens some questions at the end just about healthy relationships. It's a scale whether it's healthy, unhealthy, or abusive, and we kind of discuss why the scenario is which answer. So that way they get to start thinking about oh, what looks unhealthy and what looks abusive. As long as they know that it's unhealthy, then they can at least know these signs and start thinking about it in their own lives.
0: So I would say that if you grew up in a house uh, that wasn't very stable or abusive or what have you, it would be pretty hard to know or to consistently see what healthy relationships look like. Uh, Can you tell me a bit about what healthy relationships look like, Alyssa?
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question. So a healthy relationship has boundaries. You should be able to spend time apart from each other and be able to do your own thing. So there there will be times when you should go to a hockey game with your partner and you may hate hockey, but you go with them because you care about them. But you should also be able to have time apart with your own friends. You should be able to have your own privacy and be able to use your phone without feeling like your partner is just going to take it away and look through your texts. You should make sure to have open communication. That's key. Nobody can read your mind. As much as I'd like to think my partner can read my mind, right? it's definitely not true. And make sure to have respect and trust and compromise and then just support each other and have the ability to just stand on your own without depending on your partner and make sure to just share opinions and have a safe space to talk to each other and just feel loved.
0: No, I think that's really helpful because if you don't have the picture-perfect parents, it can be really hard to know what's normal, you know, versus the picture-perfect parents versus the broken home and what what normal looks like because what what is normal Um,
1: yeah and it's not always what we see in movies right and i think that's a
0: lot of times where teens get caught up or not just teens but young people in general or even adults you know that picturesque idealistic relationship Actually had a really great opportunity to do my own research in college and did a lot of it on how people normalize acts of violence um and abuse, so it's pretty common to rough house in high school and college and name call or and like just verbally abuse and degrade people sometimes you know it's I remember hearing that in the halls in high school and just being like it made me want to cry it wasn't even directed at me, and it made me want to cry um you know, how do we go from that to that not being okay? You know, I can't walk into the office and start name calling people.
1: Yeah, well, I hope the more I present in schools and I have my teen group where we talk about things like this, I hope that people become aware as like, I'm not just presenting to the students, I'm presenting to the staff to be able to spread that word about what healthy versus unhealthy is like, or what consent is and different things like that. I want people to just think, and maybe that's even a question I should ask culture to the students. Like, is this, does rough housing happen anymore? What is it
0: like in school now? Because people need to become aware of what's not okay. So one of the things I always think about uh, when talking about what's normal in a relationship is sports in general. uh, It's pretty normal to slap teammates' butts uh, going on and off the court, on and off the field, um, and coaches even do it. Uh, When do we kind of learn and develop the knowledge that it's maybe not okay to do that? Who teaches us those differences?
1: Yeah, I guess we kind of learn it in health class when we kind of learn about boundaries and stuff like that, but otherwise you just expect it. Like that's how athletes are, but why did that become normalized is my question. And people just call names to each other and just like kind of joke around, but nobody asks people, is it okay if I call you this name? So I'm hoping it's changed now in 2021, but we need to become more aware of what we're doing as athletes and just in general to other people. Just make sure to ask more for consent to do right. things like this. And it shouldn't be frowned upon if you don't want to do that.
0: So as a parent or a teacher or an older family member, how can we stop or change or curb the violence that we see teenagers inflicting upon one another? What can we do to stop teen dating violence when we're not a teenager?
1: You could definitely look for the warning signs that I stated earlier. And if you notice someone else is in an abusive relationship, then talk to them. And also just, I would hope with what you were saying that people that were growing up as athletes and doing stuff like that are aware that this is not okay when you leave high school. It shouldn't be okay then either. But just make sure with all the education that I provide and all that, that just people look for those warning signs because there is a point when it becomes, oh, a healthy, like, talking back and forth. And then it can become abusive if you keep it up and keep bothering them when they ask to stop. So
0: just become aware of those warning signs. If I were still in middle school or high school and just starting to date and it didn't really feel right and I could tell that maybe my partner wasn't being as nice as they should be to me, who can I reach out to uh, for help? Who can I talk to about this potential abusive relationship that I'm in?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question, Kultra. You can talk with teachers or counselors at school but they are mandated reporters. So they will have to report if there's abuse in the relationship. But if you want confidential and free services, you can call us or text us at The Bridge to Hope. Our services are 24 seven. So we always have an advocate available to talk or text. And then you can also set a, an appointment with me, our family and youth advocate you can call or text us. Our call line is 1-800-924-9918. And our local number is 715-235-9074. And then our text line is 715-505-3640.
0: You can find more information on Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month on our Facebook page through the month of February. Now think to yourself, How will you prevent teen dating violence? And here's a little quote from a survivor.
1: They made me feel like leaving them would be selfish and wrong, even though I was suffering.
0: I think that's a really good quote for our discussion today. It draws on a few different things we talked about. It can be really hard to end a relationship, especially if it's an abusive one. Ultimately, you need to do what is best for you. And if someone is not letting you do that, please reach out to a friend, parent, teacher, or the Bridge to Hope. We would love to help you because you should never sacrifice your own well-being for someone else. Think of oxygen masks on an airplane. You can't help others until you help yourself first. Hey, Alyssa, what are you doing for self-care this week?
1: I'm going to try to get outside when it's warm, which it won't be (laughs) for a while. But when I do, I like to go for a walk or run just to clear my mind when I'm stressed and it's the perfect escape. What about you? What are you planning on doing?
0: Well, I just got these really adorable little succulents and I've been moving those around the house and checking on them to make sure that they like where they are and just giving them little names and yeah, taking care of my plants this week. paying some extra special attention to them while it's so frigid cold. The next time you hear from Alyssa and I, we'll be talking to Jen. She's gonna tell us what domestic violence looks like, the risk factors, as well as the many different aspects of domestic violence. We hope that
1: you have gleaned your own little bit of hope from our discussion today. Take care and thanks for stopping by.